Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I threw out my prayers, they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. What's the it was so wonderful to hear you say, I really hope you move here soon. My plan of being in New York for six months wasn't specifically for you. I was dying to be back in the city I lived in in the 90s, the city I deeply loved, that I missed with an intensity like heartbreak. I needed to feel and siphon its inspiration and vibrancy. Remember who I was, the potential I once felt I had, immerse myself in comedy. But it sure was lovely knowing I would hang out with you. I was thinking of you and our connection moments before the car hit me head on. I'm fine. It makes a better story if I'm hurt, but it sure makes a better reality that I'm not. It's odd and surreal to feel a vehicle make contact with your body. And if you're fine, it becomes a novelty story instead of a source of trauma and damage. A moment like that could literally change your whole life, derail your plans, destroy your body. It didn't in my case, and I am super grateful for that. I was crossing the street at 2 p.m. in Times Square. Not a busy street, though. My light. I was midway across, and suddenly I heard and then saw a car swerve coming around the corner. I turned quickly in its direction. I put my hands up. An odd and instinctive defense move. No protection against a vehicle. And I thought, oh, they're going to stop. But that didn't happen. You don't get taught what to do when you get hit by a car. They tell you since you're a kid what to do if you're on fire. Stop, drop, and roll. You know what you do when you're hit by a car? You take it. You take it like a bitch. The car crashed into me, into my chest, and I went over the hood and I fell back and onto the ground. It felt like slow motion. I hate being trite, but that's what it was like. It was so quick and yet so slow simultaneously. There's a part of me that wishes I could see a video of it to understand what the timing of it actually was. I am fascinated by the disconnect between what we feel and what is actually reality. I hit the ground. I'm a narcissistic performer. Redundant, I know. And I've had infinite fantasies about people screaming about me. They just never involve being hit by a car. I heard the screaming around me. And then a moment passed and I thought, well, I guess I just pick up my purse and move along now. So I picked up my lift gloss, which had fallen out of my purse off the pavement, and I got up. I picked up my bags, I stepped onto the sidewalk, which was sadly really fucking close. <laughs> And I looked into the car, four girls in their 20s, all shaking and staring at me like I was some creature in a horror film that got up after being shot. <laughs> I looked at the driver uncomprehendingly. You hit me with your car! It was my light! What the fuck is wrong with you? It's weird how unfair it feels when you do things right and shit happens anyway. I wanted a good reason, some reason. But what answer would have satisfied me there? What could she have said? Epilepsy? I just lost my job? 
oh, okay, well then I'm less concerned about the possible internal bleeding. But the driver didn't say much, couldn't. She could barely catch her breath and she kept repeating, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. Well, obviously it wasn't intentional. She didn't know me. If she did, she might have had ample motivation. <laughs> At least that's my standard joke, despite my, two, despite my true belief that I'm pretty easy to like. It was actually a relief that the driver was French. I wouldn't have wanted to add a new group to dislike to my list. I had, al I had already lived in Quebec, so I had this one covered. A middle-aged man ran over. He picked up my glasses from the road. Are you okay? Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. You should get her license, he said definitively in that authoritative New York way. And I looked at her in the car, shaking, barely able to speak, and I thought, oh, what a fucking hassle. I think that's the point you get to, either by 40 in general or when you've lived in New York. Almost nothing registers as anything but a drain in possible energy. And I said to him, look, I know I'm in shock, but I feel okay, which is super dumb. <laughs> that's like, I know I'm an idiot, but I have a strong opinion on the subject. The two things automatically negate each other. If I know I'm in shock, I should also be clear about the fact that that's why I don't feel any pain. I thanked the guy for his concern. The driver kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And I went, I don't know what to tell you. You hit me with your fucking car. I mean, it's not okay. I don't know what to tell you. But whatever, take care, I guess. <laughs> and I walked down the street. And about half a block in, I stopped, and I started to sob. God, this felt so lonely all of a sudden. I was just hit by a car, and that was it. There was no real room for drama, no real space for a reaction, no one emotionally close to me nearby to care about at all, except me. When I was walking down the street moments ago, I was thinking, I could use a hug. Then the car hit me, and I thought, now I could really use a hug. My hands shaking, I took out my phone, and I posted a joke on Facebook about the incident. Because converting pain into humor makes anything I'm going through feel infinitely better. I do react differently to vehicles than I did before. Before, I hadn't thought about how it would feel to have a car come in contact with my body. I didn't understand how it would bring about an awareness of my frailty, the sense that comes with knowing how close you came to real damage. But you just have to move on. You can't half walk across the street. You have to be able to take a deep breath and do it and trust that most of the time it's going to be okay. But falling in love isn't like that. You know that most of the time it won't be okay. You'll open yourself up and you'll be gutted. You stopped speaking to me a few days after I arrived in your city. You never saw me the whole six months I was there. And every day I think about you, and I feel an intense wash of hurt and fury. And the knowledge that I was so small to someone I saw so big, it fills me with such loss and sadness. I was hit by a car, and I sustained no damage. I wish I could say the same for being involved with you. You pressed at me to allow you to get closer. I remember the day you told me what friendship meant to you and that no matter what, you wanted me in your life, that you would always be my friend. There was such a sincerity there. That's the moment I gave you my trust. 
I meet people all the time. I'm told I'm magnetic, easy to like, memorable, but not to you. When you pursued someone and started a relationship with her, although you told me you weren't ready for a relationship, I was profoundly hurt. But you were that special to me. It was that important to have you remain in my life that despite all the pain involved, I would have tried. I would have done the work to get through the agony of the loss of potential. I would have attempted to be happy for you when you gushed about how unique she was and how special your connection was. I was absolutely prepared to try. But you couldn't? It was easier to just cut me out? Which is the worst. It conveys you meant nothing to me. It tells me your relevance in my life was so inconsequential that your being there or not doesn't register. You don't register. I temper every interaction with men lately with, this is honestly how little I can do. Didn't you know how little you'd ultimately be able to give me? A car hit me and it made little impact, but my connection with you actually damaged me. You can't half walk across the street, but you can half date. You can put yourself out there and meet people and feel nothing and be elated that you feel nothing because then you won't feel the crushing impact. Thank you. So we just heard a great song. Uh, it's a song. I got to a song. Uh, a great story from uh, from Monica Monica Hamburg, uh, in which in which she uses misdirection. Uh, yes, as, as I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, but you, I don't think uh, I, I I believe the goal was to have the audience, uh, much like Monica, to not see the car coming. Right. Uh, and made it, and, and to not expect the car to be doing what it was doing. And then, uh, but then further is kind of like the idea that. Uh, then it becomes a story about something else too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's true. There's, there's a second. There's almost a second twist. Yeah. Uh, and and, and which we can talk about because we've already heard the story. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're not. So exactly. So the second the second twist obviously is that uh, it's the story isn't even about getting hit by a car. The story is about, is about a relationship ending. We're sort of talking. Going to talk today about the idea that you're kind of going along with a story, and then all of a sudden you maybe take a left turn or something into what seems to be another story, but in some way, you know, a lot of times they can be connected or they have, you know, it, there's an overall kind of theme going on. Mm. Um, I, we are just talking off mic that I, uh, I like talking about these kind of things because it kind of goes against a little bit the, uh, the you know, the like a general kind of informal rule that you might have that say you're telling us a story that's, seven to ten minutes you know it's good to have focus it's good to like have one moment or one thing that you're talking about and uh so it's hard to do this kind of thing that monica did and i think she did it very well oh yeah for sure i think there's a whole thing about how hard it is to keep you know most often when we're talking about a story like this what we tell people to do when they come in is cut the tangents right right like you know you, you'll get the thing and say, oh it's really important but it doesn't actually work with the rest of the story and so the first thing we often tell people is is to cut those tangents out uh, to get the story to be, to be ten minutes long mm-hmm. or less, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think that's you're right. And I think it's 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 the in these experiments where uh, these these things where you're trying to make uh, a story 
about the ten, the tangent, really. Uh, you know, and, and, to, and, to, and the real goal here is actually to dis, to convince the person or the audience that the tangent isn't actually the real point of the story until suddenly it's it is. Mm-hmm. And and especially with uh, with what she kind of did, where there, you know, it was about being in New York, it was about being in in that city, and she was, uh, you know, living there at the time, and you you. Um, you, it all—it's like the, you get all these pieces to me in the story that she told, and but then when she kind of starts talking about the actual relationship, then it becomes clearer the uh, you know the the accident and the and the all the different things she's kind of talking about. It becomes uh, it just becomes clear. Everything kind of pulls together. Yeah, I think that's that's what you can tell when a um, when a when this kind of this kind of misdirection works. Is, mm-hmm. is is when the audience suddenly gets a moment of clarity. They're like, "Oh, that's where." Like you know, you've 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 got to because the difficult the, the difficulty in this in this whole thing, I think, is uh, leaving enough breadcrumbs before you have the reveal uh, that the reveal is satisfying for the audience mm-hmm. that it, that it does bring things together, uh, but not leaving so many breadcrumbs before the reveal that it's obvious and everyone guesses it. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I have an example of what I said about this breadcrumb thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example is actually from from a show that we were discussing off here as well, which is Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, which is my uh, uh, one of my favorite sitcoms. Although, again, I was explaining to you that I think the third season. I'm concerned that, but I've only seen a couple episodes of, episodes of the third season because I only watch it when it comes out on Netflix. Um, and the I don't know where you are, so try not to ruin anything. Oh uh, yes, please do. I'm only in the second season. Okay, so what at least means you've seen the Halloween episode in the first season. Yes, I've seen both the and there was a Halloween one in the second season. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if this going to be a controversial opinion, but I think the Halloween episodes have gotten worse at this misdirection uh, the longer that have they've happened. Oh, uh, the first Halloween season episode I think was uh, you know it's the whole story is based around the complete failure of the main character Jake. Um, and, and then, yeah, it turns out that he's, you know, he's actually stolen the thing and he's won. Right? Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, the second one, I think it has to be a little more elaborate. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's about, it's about a competition. Uh, but, but then the misdirection in that one is, is that the other the captain wins? wins. Yeah, the this captain time. wins. Exactly. Uh, and it, it works pretty well, but I think it's even that you're sort of guessing that's what's actually happening. You, you kind of can tell that something is obviously wrong. Right. Uh, the third season is just patently obvious kind of from the very beginning. Okay. Uh, it's just it's there's just no like I, I again like it they just don't hide it well at all. Mm. Uh, and I think they could have done better job to hide it, but they just I, I don't know maybe the goal was to really just make you spend your whole time laughing at the thing to know because you know what's going to happen. But it's it, there's just it, the misdirection does not work at all in the third. Album. Well, you know that's kind of the idea. The, that's the that's interesting is that. Um, you they set up a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. So then that's the you know you getting back to like say Monica's story or something. We don't know that that's the pattern yet, right? Yeah. Just like you didn't know that in the first one of these uh, Halloween shows, which uh, you're kind of going along and there's a surprise and you're like, oh okay. But then you start to figure out what the pattern is. So then, like you said, by the second one, the second Halloween one, you're like, there's gonna be something. Yeah, you can't just win here. the same way again. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, um, it's, so I guess that's, you know, that's another thing that we were talking about is that it's really hard to do this mm-hmm. because, you know, you could, it could seem like to me, my initial, you know, if somebody was trying to do this kind of thing and my, one of my initial things would be like, well, it, for me personally, sometimes it could take me out of the story. Right. 
is that you're going along and you think that you're you know you're you have certain expectations of where the story is is going and then it goes somewhere else and it's maybe just it doesn't work when it doesn't work yeah yeah pulls me out of it but if somebody does it really well and that's why i think with monica the whole story really is about to me a big or it was about this relationship yeah so it's kind of was really cool that she was talking about this relationship the whole time but you didn't really know about it. or just how she was yeah. it was making her feel or like all these peripheral things around it without going right at it and first th- yeah and i think that's key to make the misdirection work is that i think it's in, super important to have uh to make the whole story still about the thing you end up with because mm-hmm. uh, like if mona the way one way monica could have failed this attempt is that if she, we had, if she had made us really interested in something that was happening in the scene in new york mm-hmm. you know if if she had somehow made us really want to know something about the the you know the drivers that it hit up that it hit her or if she had like mentioned something across the street that she had seen but didn't explain what that was going on mm-hmm. like if, i think you can really you can you can it becomes much more difficult uh, to, to get people to make this whole same feeling work if you don't have that, uh, if you don't manage to connect everything to where it ends up. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff at the beginning, you have to be very intentional what you talk about at the beginning uh, to make the misdirection work, to actually bring everything together. The misdirection has to bring a bunch of disjointed pieces together to some extent rather than sort of blowing up uh, a bunch of what was one story into a different story. Well, yeah, because all the because uh, one of the issues could be that there's no real foothold that you're giving to the audience because right. you're just constantly, you're going in one direction and changing and changing that it's almost like, well, I don't really, I kind of lost what the thread of the story is, is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, who am I supposed to be caring about? What am I supposed to be doing? What's happening? Yeah. 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 And I think that's the thing is that, that what, again, what, what makes Monica's story work, I think, is, some, is it's very simple. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go anywhere else, really. She's always in the same space. She's always at her, she's always on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you don't have to like learn all these other things that are happening and it, it just keeps flowing through in the same setting, but the, but the meaning changes. Mm-hmm. And I think if you try to, if your misdirection takes the audience off in too many tangents or in too many different ways, uh, that's when you can really lose them. And that's when misdirection can go wrong. So do you, uh, I guess it's, this is kind of related to the Brooklyn nine, 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 nine thing is that. What, what to you is the difference or the benefit of say, you know, somebody that has a, like what's the difference between like a surprise ending to a story which mm-hmm. is kind of a misdirection as well mm-hmm. like right at the end of a story as opposed to like the, the kind of thing that monica did is she kind of takes a different track like earlier on in the story yeah i think that the surprise ending is just a uh is a plot-based thing mm-hmm. you know surprise ending is, is a one-liner you know mm-hmm. you, you just drop the one line you're like ha over uh, whereas where, you know, which can work and it can be great. Uh, but I think the, I think the, what Monica did here is actually much more, uh, changes the whole story. Cause if you're going to, if you're going to have misdirection like that, uh, then I think either it does have to be the very end and then it may, has to leave people thinking about what the implications were in the past. Mm-hmm. Whereas Monica's story, because it happens earlier on, uh, you still work through the implications with her. Mm-hmm. And so you, and so it's not. Uh, so it's not a throwaway line or anything like that. It's a, it's a whole longer theme. Mm-hmm. So I, I think her misdirection is of theme, mm-hmm. whereas the ending is a misdirection of uh, of, of plot. Well, you know, I guess because I, I know what you mean. Because when I when I uh, when we were talking about this before, for some reason, a lot like a lot of comedians that I like uh, popped into my head who are more on the side of storytelling. Mm comedian like they do a lot of storytelling 
but still they're like they'll have these little misdirections off to the side but those are sort of the it's like they're good they're good for that because they could just be a joke right. you know so it's like the only reason i'm doing this is to get a laugh and then i'm going to pull you back and keep going along the story because it's like you to me if you're telling a story that like monica told you know, there's a lot of feelings involved. There's a lot of things that, that you really kind of have to go into that space and explore. So you have to be careful with making those kind of, uh, you know, changes or directions. Yeah, yeah. And she and she does have a couple of those throwaway lines that she comes back to this other main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a very different very different tact than, than to... And I think that's also, I think in part, that also can sort of some sense help with your actual misdirection. When you went, like if you throw in a couple of sort of throwaway lines like that earlier on, then when you start going on one tangent, your audience expects you to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you don't, you know, or if you double down, or if you connect that tangent back to the beginning and that's your ending, then that's where the story really feels satisfying. Mm-hmm. Is where you're like, oh, that's when you get people to be like, oh, it's a little tangent, it's going to keep going, keep going, and then this never ends. And, mm-hmm. then that's, and then that becomes the story. That's really when, you're, when you've really effectively worked that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think if, if you don't have any tangents before you have your large break-off break off piece, you don't have any sort of other one-liners or something like that that, that, that pull people out of the story a little bit, uh, it, everyone will keep following along as if it's the same story. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's changing, but it's not a misdirection. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a couple other ones beforehand that are, you can couple of those short little comments about other things that do pull, pull, pull people a little bit away uh, but from, from the main track of the story, then when you actually do have that larger main track, everyone expects you to pull back to the main story, but you just never do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really effective. Yeah, because I, uh, I don't know what, what you think about this because you're, I think we've talked about this kind of thing before. I can't remember if it's been a whole episode, but we've I'm sure we've talked about this thing. It's just the expectations that you have if you're sitting in the audience. Mm. And you know, it's like you kind of again, it's it's interesting to me because it can be really effective sometimes and sometimes not when you you know, you're telling a certain kind of story and sometimes you lean into that and you're like, "Oh, I know that, you know, this is the story. I'm telling a breakup story. I'm telling this mm. kind of story like you can you you can actually remove some of those details or not have to go down some of those tangents because people already have a certain expectation of about certain things uh you know like say again if it's about a relationship or or something like that but sometimes i cannot work as well so i just mean like it's interesting to me to play with the ex- uh, expectations of the audience a little bit and it uh again it could be a good thing sometimes and it could not work mm-hmm. at all <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh it's definitely a risk it's yeah. definitely a risk yeah uh, and so uh but i think it's again uh, what is storytelling if not taking any sort of risk right uh, I, I think that's all i got what do you got um i got nothing more all right well thanks everyone for listening to the story show you can find us online at thereapers.org because we're in the life collecting business can like us at facebook.com slash stories we don't tell podcast if you want to help us out you can rate and review us on itunes thanks to rayana for the theme music to this podcast you can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca this episode of the stories we don't tell podcast is brought to you by one direction because sometimes one direction is the wrong direction to remind me